Listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven and our homes. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page, look us up and hit see first to hear and see all the great programs. We have here on WNHHLP, it is Monday, April the 17th, 2023. Welcome to Cannabis Corner. I am your host, Joe Lachance. I am joined here by my illustrious co-host, Mr. Lou Vega. Uncle Lou, how are you today? How's it going, good brother? Just maintaining and pushing forward and doing all the awesome things that i guess we do right maintaining right 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 you getting ready for 420 my friend um yeah i actually don't really have any crazy to do plans this year has been a very low-key type of year and just kind of doing that i'm stopping by our friends at bohemian high oh nice they got a they have an event i'm gonna just do the normal kind of rounds to the events that are going on ish so bohemian high has a cool little event going on gonna stop by there um and then kind of just hang out you know what i mean yeah what about you joe there's a couple things going on in the island itself too always is a couple things going on in the island um yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah i'll be celebrating 420 i'm well stocked um right. you know i got a little interesting story about puerto rico you might find it. this funny so this lady I meet this lady. I know this lady. She owns an art gallery down here. Yep. And she goes to me, I got bricks of hash. Oh, man. Do you want one? And I'm like, what do you mean, do I want one? I go, where did you get it? And she goes, I found them on the beach (laughs) at Sable Beach. She said there was a big, giant package sitting on the beach, and it was full of hash. Wow. So she took it and she gave me a, a big chunk of hash about this big. Oh, and wow. We're talking the black, the brown Afghani stuff. Not, wow. This was, uh, this was something thrown off of a plane or something. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Lou, I don't know if you know about VHS, but yeah. it is, uh, it's been known to bring in illegal substances because it's very easy to get them here. There's very little monitoring. For, so, for yes. certain parts, yeah. You know? Yes, for certain parts. And people have reported finding big bales of money. Yep. We're talking large amounts of money. Yep. And people have reported founding big bags of bales of bricks. Yep. And you know what I'm talking about. Yep, yep. White yep, bricks. Yep. You know, white bricks. Craziness. Craziness. White bricks. 
<laughs> and I, but I never knew was they were using it for like weed and hash. Oh yeah, brother. Oh yeah. It's craziness. The amount of things that go on in this world. So I'm sitting here with two big giant chunks of hash that I don't know what to do with. So I'm certainly well stocked. Very good. Well, for like 420. Well, you know, hash you can cook with. So like if, if, if any of our people are listening, you can cook with hash. You can you can do a whole bunch of things with hash that, that really make it a viable thing. And you know what? We can talk about it a little bit with one of our guests today because she's out in Jamaica currently. And I know yeah, that that's... they have some great extracts like hash style, old school hash that comes off the 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 uh, awesome fields there and on the side of the mountains and everything. I know that uh, we're going to be talking in many different capacities, but what what is who are our guests today? Just a quick rundown, well, you know, other than Brian Valencia was supposed to come on early and tell us about his event that he's having on 420. Yeah. Um, he's not on yet, but I might as well run down a few events that I ran into. Um, yeah, we got friends that are doing things in regular places, just and yeah. style that are just friendly. Yeah, including Brian. Yeah. Um, so the first one is the CT Canna Warriors are holding their annual 420 rally. Yep, right at so the Capitol, that, right? At the Capitol building, that's from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find out more information about that on Facebook, but it's something that they do pretty much every year. We always used to do it. Yep, 100%. It's a great thing. No matter where we're at, there's always some more activism, and it's always nice to see that going on. Yes. Yeah, and it, you don't have to stay all day, so you can no. make your rounds. Uh, yep. And then after the um, after the rally, there is also the annual event at the skate park. Yep. So I don't know if people know, but usually you go to the rally, uh, starts at 11, and then the at the cookout at the skate park starts at 4 o'clock, and that's at the Heaven Skate Park. And that's mm -hmm. also right in downtown uh, right in downtown Hartford. So there's a little something-something you can do on 420. And, of course, both events are consumption-friendly. Yep. Um, so that I ran into and local market, which is Brian's, uh, store. It looks like Brian just jumped in as well. Oh, good. I'm going to let him tell about it. And the only other event I saw that we wanted to promote was the event at Bohemian High. Yeah. Which is, uh, down on the post road in Milford, right off of exit 34. Next to the Grove, it is my old stomping grounds. If you're interested in um, a nice little outdoor event with some bands and some vendors, the annual 420 event at Bohemian High is always a good time as well. Yeah, and they've partnered with the pub next door, so there's going to be a whole thing. There's food, there's music, there's, you know, you can go to the pub next door. There's, it's a great time. And Rich, Rich and Gloria do a great thing down there. I, I really appreciate and love those two down there. Yeah, me too. Good friends of mine. Always support them. Always support what they do. So we got a busy 420, and I'm sure there are other events. There are probably private parties and things going on. You Everybody can check those out stuff. on IG, Facebook. Um, you know, I'm sure we can find those places. Everybody go enjoy yourself with the people that you enjoy this plant with. And then now exactly. that we have Brian on... Let's have Brian tell us about his event. Yeah, Brian. Brian is the owner of local market hemp dispensary 
Uh, I'm going to let Brian tell us a little bit about his business and what he's got going on on 420. I really appreciate you guys for giving me the opportunity to get this on, but basically local market hemp dispensary. We combine two different ideas together about hemp dispensary in the sense of cannabis and then local market, a market for locals. So now we offer different products within the state of Connecticut coming from different manufacturers, farmers, people who actually want to get their product out in the state. So we created a space to do so. And at the same time, we have events, events like uh, that are not marijuana related, but more in the sense of like, experiencing and destigmatizing cannabis mm-hmm. and making it socially acceptable. So we have a puff and paint. We don't do indoor consumption because the landlord doesn't allow it, but people do get to experience that while being out. They go outside, they consume within that 20 feet range of doorways or windows. We make sure of that. We actually have a back in the back of the space on the outside. We had to have like a little uh, section where people can smoke. But in that sense, right, the whole space concept, it gives us more of a stability to grow and build a community. So how do we do that? We have to put in the work. We have to see the results. Nothing comes easy. Nothing comes given. But how can I build that and do that over the course of the next you know, decades to come? That's why we created this concept. And because Wallingford doesn't allow marijuana industries or businesses to be established in the, in the town, having a hemp dispensary and providing those CBD products and all the, the aspects of consultations and education that comes with the, the plant in itself, we do that all in-house. But now we, we do consultations, we do have the events, we have this, the space where people can sell their products. But the more it grows, the more it expands, the, definitely like the, the opportunity is not for us, but it's for those who don't have a voice or don't think they have a place to voice themselves. That's exactly what they can do here. So basically the concept is you are allowing merchants, local vendors, merchants of all different products, doesn't have to be hemp. Correct. based products a space where they can sell their products where they can uh exhibit themselves and show show what they got to the world in case they can't afford their own storefront or you know i know they have like little farmers markets and stuff like that so kind of what it is like by calling it local market is almost like a little indoor quote unquote farmers market well we say sort of markets. yeah kind of concept that actually that gives it you said a huge point right not just cannabis so we have like pots and uh glass you know we have uh, these these vinyl records that are like super like laser cut and they have an intricate design we have grogu we have pokemon but different things and different like concepts of ideas that people are creating if they create if they knit things or a place where like if they don't have like an indoor event arena but it's every day monday through sunday because i'm here 80 hours a week how can i yeah, well, Monday through Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And in that sense, right, it's like it's a passion, right? Motivation dies out, but the inspiration is what keeps it flowing and going. Once you create it into a passion, that shit never dies out. So it's the flame that keeps on going. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm thinking <laughs> it's like so weird. Thinking of ideas, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. No, I know well, what yeah. that's like. And I'm sure Lou does too. We know exactly. yeah, for sure. That's what I, I love about that. And that's exactly what I've created more play. Like um, I want to get into not just cannabis, but like every industry that has that Connecticut offers because it's Connecticut made. And that gives us more of an opportunity to support local from start to finish. See, it's a sale. Kind of. Yeah. People don't, people don't realize how many different little businesses are, are around Connecticut. There's little coffee companies, there's tea companies, there's little clothing companies, like you said, pottery, artwork tons of artists in connecticut that need a place to showcase their stuff 
definitely. And and then you have obviously the CBD stuff, which is what what is your foundation, right? Correct. That's the foundation. Correct. Now, what type of products are you guys selling over there? As far as like the CBD products, we have coffee. One is our biggest sellers. People love it, right? CBD uh, is kind of counterproductive or counteracting against the anxiety that comes with the caffeine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I used to sell coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we have the creams. We have dog treats. We have catnip. A variety of different products uh, coming out with tea. But in this sense, capsules, right? These specific products that people get to consume, and it's like a variety of different. You know, if the capsule does the same thing as the tincture oil, then makes it more accessible because you don't have to take the tincture oil on the go. But the capsule, you can, mm-hmm. and then take it on a trip or something, right? Exactly. So that's why it's like uh, we came out with some chocolates, different things and different niche commodities of the cannabis industry. You know, if we can sell the the, the hemp crete or, you know, anything that, that's like the hemp fiber as far as like the shirts or backpacks or anything of that nature people want to create or produce, you know, rolling trays, whatever, the, whatever the heck. Technically, that's thank you. Pretty- Good. You remembered. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> But yes, small things like that, it makes it more accessible for people to feel like a, a presence. But aside from the like selling products for people, we also have people come out and they can vend as themselves as their own business. When they're away and not here in the storefront, that's when we do the, the selling for them. But it also becomes customer service and fulfillment. So we do shipping to all 50 states. The, the customer service is, hey, if somebody has an issue, they come to us before they come to you, the manufacturer. Manufacturer doesn't worry about the BS. We do all that for them, but that makes sure that we keep the connection going and that partnership growing. If that makes sense. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, do you do shipping for your let's call them affiliates? Let's call your people affiliates just for the sake of it. Right. Would you do shipping for your affiliates too if they wanted to sell something online? Do you have deals like that? Hundred percent. So, like, uh, like the pottery we sold a, a pot. Um, it's like a where you put your plant in an actual pot. And it has the, the little placeholder at the bottom. We wrapped it, put in bubble wrap, put it inside of a box, and shipped it out to California. Customer loves it. Actually, she sent me a picture with it, with her actual weed plant inside of it. I was like, oh, this is very intricate. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, very, that, very nice. Very cool. And and so, <clears throat> and obviously, you work on a percentage deal or whatever deal you work out with the vendor, right? So this is where it becomes very lucrative, right? Because we're not after the dollar of the the vendor in this case or the business. It's a dollar a day for the rental space of you having your products in our storefront. What does that mean? It gives us an incentive to want to sell the product even greater because it's in our, you're paying to be here, right? But at the same time, why is it a dollar a day? Because we put it on the website and we keep it in the storefront. The $30, 30 days, not bad, right? But then it's 35%. 30 bucks a month, right? Okay. Plus a 35% commission cut. So if uh, from $100, we keep 35. We pay taxes, costs, and whatever ends up being profit, that's what we keep for ourselves. But this is giving the customer, like the, the vendor, a sense of stability where they can just drop off their products, basically right. get what, what, we, what we sold, and it keeps it flowing, and we do everything for them, all the legwork in that sense. Right. So it's kind of like consignment, but hey, that's a pretty good deal to have website placement a space in the store for 30 bucks a month and a percentage. Right. So, you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, it's a basic affiliate idea, which I kind of like a lot in-person affiliates. It gives actually <laughs> a, small business a place where they can recommend their friends and family to come buy the products from. 
if yeah. they don't want to sell from their house or go do the delivery or it's a it's a hassle to drive through traffic to only make 10 bucks in profit so in this sense if somebody does wants to recommend them and you're like hey they're just going to go do that and you do the rest makes it easier for the customer and also the, the manufacturer or the, the business owner okay very so, very good and then so tell us about what's going on on thursday tell us about the event i was about to say that's dope i love it thank you i was literally that's awesome so basically thursday is our grand opening of the local market hemp dispensary now that we're fully rebranded and officially up and running we're part of the chamber of commerce now here in wallingford so our ribbon cutting is the same day as the grand opening so now we're like working around the ribbon cutting concept and hey, it's a grand official opening to the whole state. So we're reaching out to as many outlets as we can to really get our brand out there and let people know what's available and how accessible it is. Okay. All right. Great. Will there be anything special going on? Will you have some music? Will you have, yes. uh, you so know. For the first hundred people, we're giving out joints. So CBD joints, hemp based, right? THC joints, hemp based. So the THC is under the 0.3%. Delta nine, but everything's just abiding by the state rules. It gives people a perspective of like, if they make it here before that first hundred people, like first hundred joints concept, they get their joint and it makes it more opportunistic to want to like consume uh, as they're here in the experience. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now tell me a little bit where are you guys located? Uh, how, you know, what, the, what are the times and on all that kind of stuff? Great, so actually we're, it officially starts at 11. It ends at nine o'clock. So it's a whole 10 hour day. But in the, the sense of thinking, it's uh, it's 71 North Turnpike Road, Wallingford, Connecticut, 06492. We're in the same plaza as Oakdale Pizza. Or if people know what Neil's Donuts is, we're in a plaza next to Neil's Donuts. So it gives them a sense of trademark or like ideas of like where to go or that sense of understanding. And then in this sense, like we only have limited stock of joints. So if people wanted to come by, I highly recommend to make it in for that free joint. It does have a great taste to it. So that gives them an alternative of what's out there. And it's all local brands, correct? All local brands, 100%. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, all right. And what type of brands you got down there? Will anybody be showing up? So uh, for the time being, we actually currently have one, which is Ascended CBD. We just, we actually... We partnered up with them at the Expo Canada event. Uh, we they came out with a chocolate bar, and it's been uh, one of our greatest sellers to people who want the alternative of uh, chocolate, which is something that's new. Uh, we do have ourselves a local market, and then any business who does want to brand us, let us know before Wednesday, so we have a couple of days, and we can definitely get you in. So if you want to set uh, set up a table or set up a booth, we do still have some spaces available. All right. All right. Very, very cool. How can they can contact you? How do they get in touch with you? So our Instagram handle and our website is the same. It's local market dispensary. Our number is 860-785-5435. Say it again. It's 860-785-5435. And then our email is info at localmarketdispensary.com. Okay. And um, is there a phone number? Can they call you or... So they can call or text that number. I said it's the 860 785 Okay, very, very good, uh, Brian. So we uh, we wish you all the best up there. That is 420, the grand reopening of your uh, of the local market hemp dispensary now. I know you've been around for a while. 
And I just got, uh, you know, I got to commend you on all the hard effort and the hard work you put in. I know from personal experience that being entrepreneur is not easy. And it's it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of t- dedication. And sometimes you want to quit. But it, it, you know, the the deal is the only way to win is to keep going. The only time you lose is when you quit, you know, truthfully. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're supporting the local community, everything, you know. And, um, you know, I know the legal market has changed things a bit for the CBD market. But I think what you're doing by expanding and rebranding is going to make a big difference. And, um, and, you know, I wish you all the best, Brian. Um, yep, we definitely wish you the best. And we're super excited to see your growth over the last couple of years. You've been a go- you've been a guest on our show a couple of times now. So you become one of those regular faces that we see in the uh, hemp world. So we're very excited for everything that you've got going on. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And, and Brian, we will see you at NECAN. Um, on May 20th and 21st, I know you have a booth there. So anybody who wants to check Brian out besides at his event can also check him out at knee can, uh, which will be coming to the Hartford Excel center on May 20th. So, all right, Brian, thank you. You have a great day and, uh, and we will talk to you soon. All right, my friend. Definitely brother. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, my friend. Definitely. All right. Well, Lou, he's a great guy. I, I really, I really do like talking to him. Um, so we're waiting on Melissa to come in. Both of us. I always, have just- love, I always love chatting with Brian. He's such a great guy and what he's doing, um, you know, trying to, trying to push forward. And it's a, it's a real hard time. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think every CBD person that we've talked to has told us that they're hustle. It's 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 a hustle now, and and you know I did bring this up, although there is that bill out there that will allow CBD to be sold in dispensaries. That might end up hurting people like Brian and and people like the small places. Um, we're gonna have to find out, but I think the idea of rebranding and expanding uh will definitely help him well it's it's a little bit of both because realistically if he's doing he's got his own brands as well and if he can continue to do this it creates an avenue plus and minus if it does if it doesn't you know either way um everybody will have to figure out where where we got to do keep advocating keep fighting but if it does happen it does at least give him the option to Sell his friend, yeah. Right, in more places than one, and then have a space to continue because then it would, he would just have to have, he could continue, but it'd just be straight up CBD, not like from an isolate form. Right. Without the idea of the, it would have to be the singleized, just CBD isolate type of items. And I think he's got some of those because he, he promoted that he could, um, that individuals that needed to take a drug test take the CBD isolate only. Right, right, right. So, yeah, we could talk to our next guest about that. Um, I believe she has arrived. Melissa has arrived. So I want to give her a proper introduction here. 
very excited to have her. It's yes, yeah, yeah, yes, Just yes. An overall, great person. I have everything else is an absolutely amazing person. Then Joe can do the officialness, I guess. All <laughs> right. So Melissa is an outspoken advocate and educator since 2002. So successfully working on several campaigns, including decriminalization, voting rights, med medical cannabis, and legalizations in the New England and all the neighboring states. Melissa is a firm believer in equality, freedom of choice, and creating safe access. She has provided consultation, education, and project managers to emerging businesses in her local community and internationally, as well as being a co-investigator to an ongoing cannabis provider research study. With her expertise developing from her initial role as a patient and after working with thousands of patients, and she earned a well-respected name in the cannabis industry and was recognized in 2015 for her activism, named one of the nation's top women in weed by Skunk Magazine. After working in the cannabis industry for many, many years, Melissa pursued her education in nursing and received her degree as a, as a registered nurse graduating with high honors. Melissa has received over 20 community service and leadership awards, has a degree in both criminal justice and nursing, is certified as an HIV counselor and in overdose prevention. She's a published columnist, former national membership director of Parents for Pot, and co-host of the public access TV show, High Stakes. Melissa is currently an Consultant and educator and serves Venebus Health as his VP of Medical Education. Welcome, Melissa. I know that was a long intro, but you have a long list of accolades. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate yes. you guys very much. Yeah. So Lou was mentioning on the in the early part of the show, and I, I totally just realized this. You're in Jamaica right now. I am. Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Now, is this vacation or are you hanging there for a while? Um, it's a little bit of both, actually. I've been working with a healthcare, a doctor here, actually, from Canada um, who has a lab, an extraction lab, and just working on um, some edible products and trying to get some approval through, through the CLA, which is the Cannabis Legalization Authority here. Um, and just kind of, you know, providing some genetics and some support to the folks out here that are trying to create access for patients as well. That is awesome. That is because I'm down here in Puerto Rico. Um, hey. So we're both in the Caribbean and enjoying the wonderful weather. Um, but I did it's now, rainy in New England, just so you guys know. It's like it's rainy in Puerto Rico. I hate to tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, the rain in Puerto Rico is a lot nicer than the rain in, in, in uh, Connecticut. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, it's been rainy the last few days, and I thought I was going to complain one time, and then I slapped myself on the wrist for it because it's truly paradise. <laughs> Right. Uh, Weather-wise, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's, uh, I booked well, my you know, I booked my flight a few weeks from now, and we'll see how it goes. What the weather is up there, make a decision when the time comes. <laughs> That's what well, I'm. Well, I'm waiting until May. I don't want to go anywhere near that place until yeah. May. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so you know, Joe is down in the island for the last year and change, right, Joe? Yep. And then um, I'm planning my retirement second third career or whatever it would call after this move would be back in, it would be back in Puerto Rico. So, you know, it's a, it's the, I, I can't take it from the Caribbean, the Caribbean people. We have a, we have a special love of life that sometimes isn't found in new England. And I think that is just the sun. <laughs> the amount of sun is recharging and it's good for the health, you know? So I, yeah, I, I think everybody. 
I second that. I think it's important. Something that us activists forget to do is 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 put ourselves first sometimes in self care. And and I look at things like a bow and arrow. We have to pull ourselves back sometime now to hit our target, right? So yeah. rejuvenate, refresh, learn, and and also culturally, I think we take a lot of things for granted in the Americas. So when we come to places like this and truly get down in the trenches, uh, we can learn right. about our, a lot about ourselves and our mission. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a whole different culture. I don't think people realize that that. There may be some elements of America there, but it's really its own thing. And you got to mm-hmm. kind of learn. As it should be, because it's a completely yes. different culture that was that's even older than the Americas, realistically. The Antilles had their own cultures and populations and had to deal with visitors and pirates and everything that come from mm-hmm. it. So, um, it's yeah, it's not about gentrifying. I think it's more yeah. about getting back to our roots as people and then being able to bring mm-hmm. back to the Americas and remember where we came from and respect the cultures that existed before and, and, our melting pot. Big di- that's what I think one of the major differences. They respect their heritage. They try to maintain it. They try to preserve their heritage, their traditions. And, and that's a lot of what I respect about the Caribbean people. Um, very, very and much. love weed. And they love weed. So yeah. <laughs> I know where I, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. You can actually just throw a seed in the red dirt out here. And it just, it's a miracle kind of how it happens. You know, you really don't right. have to do too much. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk the weed in Jamaica right now. Cause everybody knows for years, even when I was a kid growing up in the seventies, Jamaica was known for weed, even though it was highly illegal. Jamaica ganja was a big thing. If you could get Jamaican weed, it was a big deal. Um, but and now is it, it is actually legal there for many, many years. It was very illegal, even though it grew, like you say, like wildfire down there. Um, what is the status of legalization? What are their laws like down there? Well, now that's actually one of the reasons that I first came down here. We threw help for Rastafari Roots Fest um, many years ago now, it seems. And um, the concert that we threw was the first time that cannabis plants were legally allowed on, on the stage uh, with, with a law enforcement in the house. Um, now people are allowed, there's a medical program here that's being built out slow and steady, um, but people, you know, average people are allowed to carry up to two ounces on their person at any time without, um, you know, getting into trouble with the law. So I think that's helped a lot of the locals in terms of, you know, not having to worry about the lock in Stockholm syndrome that we know, just this, this mm-hmm. constant recidivism with, with getting locked up and, and losing the, the only means that they have to their ends. So, you know, it's slow and steady. We have to be careful because we don't want to take, you know, the roots of this place away. The Nyabinges, the, the herbal sacrament, the reasons that, you know, we all respect the herb, I think need to remain in place and you shouldn't have to call yourself a church or have a license to do that, I personally believe. So mm-hmm. we have some work to do. Um, but outside of that, there are, you know, starting to become standards and regulations and things, which are a good thing, I think, in terms of uh, creating, you know, legitimizing this as medicine, as we all know, right? Um, so the genetics have changed some. Um, I don't know who may have brought some over, but a bunch of people brought some over and a lot of folks are growing it. Um, Waba up at the Blue Hole has amazing genetics. There's all sorts of different genetics here. But personally, um, I'm not going to lie, I still prefer the yardy meat, as we call it. Um, I, I just like the lamb, you know, the, the, just the old school strains that um, kind of when I'm down here yeah, at home, I can get particular. We can teach about all the different strains and crosses. But, but personally, I prefer um, a nice variation of salad. I call it of whatever the yardies are growing. Just put it in my pipe and smoke it. That's what I do. <laughs> that's that's the true land raised straight strain that has Got not it. been altered. Oh yeah, like most of the strains 
you know, in, in let's say America or in the world even, that is a true land raise that is the same weed probably that I was smoking in the 70s. The same genetic, you know, the same you know genetic. What? That's as, the same. I want to grow some of that stuff. That's yeah, the stuff I'd love to grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm talking about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, fellas? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but out here in the hot sun or for different reasons, this isn't all about getting, you know, all tuned up. It's about just relaxing and the natural sacrament. I love to smoke out of a chalice, a steam chalice. Yeah. Um, it gives a completely different vibe in the body. It's healthier, um, kind of like bubbler, what we would use back home. Um, but I find that it really relaxes me and it takes place as it's supposed to of, of, of the Western pharmaceutical medications. So I'm able to use that. Um, and I actually smoke a lot less in the Caribbean. So, um, yeah, I, I find that too. Me too. I smoke a lot less. I don't <laughs> probably less stress. Don't feel the need to smoke as much as I did in the Northeast. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a combination of that. And also perhaps that the, the proof in the pudding that the original OG genetics are where it's at is, those terpenes, when they're not messed with and they're allowed to just grow in their own natural environment, there's, I mean, it speaks for itself, works for me. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a huge thing because we see it on the hemp side because not, we're using mostly land-raised strains and so that's what makes the lower THC. But when you actually do look at the rest of the profiles, terpenes, cannabinoids are much more pronounced than they are on the hybridized um strains and as you said the yardy weed these are exactly what it is this is now a more natural balance that the plant decided the plant over the years created its balance that should work with the people and you know when you're able to enjoy that and that itself is medicine in its own right because you know the higher terpene profiles because it's grown in the sun and the soil is special and regional uh, direct so it gets their own nutrients and to think about it as a grower you're like wow but then it comes back to the other side it's not something you would grow indoors because it's it, you'd have to find the right soil mix you'd have to let it exactly. grow for an extra you 10 can, weeks and like you couldn't yeah. grow it inside this is not something that can be recreated anywhere in the world this is something that literally the sacrament of the plant because we do talk about this and we don't hit it all the time but that's it's ritualistic on how people like to smoke if it's you know somebody chilling in their car and they're rolling a blunt and they're just gonna go for a ride or somebody sitting in their basement and they're in their bong or somebody who took a joint on a hike all these things are ritualistic to that plant and we have lost the idea of locality and that land style like you're, you're describing down and i love when i go back to the island because when i'm in jamaica when i'm in uh puerto rico that's where we get stuff that's locally grown you know it's from the calle, it's from outside, it's not, it's not the indoor stuff. So that is something I always love hearing about. And mm -hmm. you know, being able to put your professional opinion to it as well. Goes yeah, really as a nurse, long. right. So you're telling the yardy weed is better than the medical weed. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna say it's necessarily better because you know, like the the health that kind of you get into, you know, is it clean? You know, is it pesticide? Right. Like, you know, there's no pesticides, right? But there might be a bug or two, right? Or a seed or two, right? So <laughs> there's there's two sides to the coin, but I do think the quality of the herb and the way it's grown in the natural environment and, and kind of just allowing the plant to do what it does speaks for itself. And I think if yeah. we can create that back in the States, that's how we can start to get around some of these crazy laws where we talk about percentages and all these different reasons. I do think that there's a way to integrate that into medicine and start that conversation. I, yeah, I totally agree. And, and I don't think people realize that 
Uh, a lot of strains, like you couldn't even grow that outdoors up up north or even probably anywhere in the northern hemisphere because it it, it it's different. The sun cycles down here are different. So the strains of weed have adapted themselves to grow with that shorter daylight cycle. Um, and, you know, only certain strains will grow down here in the Caribbean. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because I, I see some of the guys out we talk about in the yard and they'll they'll fence some stuff off and they put lights up and then they keep the lights going even when the sun goes down. So it's interesting to see um, sort of the, the middle of the road adaptations. Right. Right. Um, and everybody working together to find, you know, what works best. Um, and I do give credit for the folks that, that grow indoors back home. I mean, we know what it takes to, to create that integration. Right. So um, all, all credit where it's deserved. Um, but I, I just would like to see people really look at the, the be able to have more research to really look at the terpene profiles that like we we're talking about and just all the different mm -hmm. uh, DNAs that, that are in these plants and figure out exactly why it's working for patients and without kind of messing it up or, or trying to intervene too much and have the naturally grown plants and, and getting some of these interstate compacts to go away so that regionally we can really provide access to the patients that need certain strains. Right. And I think we have a long way to go on that, but I do, I, you know, I always speak of this on the show. Um, at least now we can do the research and at least now we can get that, start gathering that information and get it out there. Because I think the level of care that we can give with cannabis, the more we know about the plant uh, can be expanded uh, even more than it already is. And, you know, possibly be one of the, the, the number one ways to work with illness. Um, and I'm talking years down the road, if, if, it, it's allowed to go that far but yeah people don't realize how amazing the full plant spectrum is oh yeah as as compared to like lou was talking before an isolate or a distillate or a concentrate which just pretty much isolates a certain cannabinoid um and the rest of the cannabinoids basically get thrown out so and there's reasons for that. And I can understand, especially like in pediatrics or, you know, other people that are on a lot of pharmaceutical medications, not, you know, or, or, you know, microdosing before we really start to combine different cannabinoids or people who want to try certain ones. I can certainly understand the reason for, for extracting and isolating. Um, oh yeah. Personally, that's not what works best for me or for most of the patients that I've had experience with. Um, and so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full plant, full spectrum all the way. Yeah, I prefer a full plant, although, you know, I will use isolates and extracts when when the situation arises. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to call you on, Melissa, is because, you know, I've been following you on social media for a long time since we met, you know, probably back in 2015, 2014 sometime when I was working at the school. Mm -hmm. um, and. You know what? In, you were you were really inspiring to me because uh -huh. you went kind of on a personal journey and you kind of documented it on Facebook. And you know where you really almost, as far as I'm concerned, you had a real transformation in your life. And yeah. you know, I wanted to talk to you about what kind of spurred that on what spurred you on to make those physical changes what spurred you on to become an rn and really take things uh you know to another level because you were a heavy heavily involved in the activist community you were one of the you know top activists out there um and always involved in many different events and then at one point i think something 
just snapped in you. Lifted. Yeah. Yeah. And I could, it was palpable. I could see it in, in your posts and it was very yeah. inspiring to me. I followed your journey. And um, so I wanted to just get the story behind that. Um, thank you for saying that. That's very sweet of you. And I appreciate you noticing that transformation because I promise it wasn't as pretty as it may have looked on Facebook. Of course. But um, <laughs> I think, I think what spawned it was, was, seeing the need in society and no one really filling in those gaps. And when we're an activist, you know, it's like we're fight for something. And then it's like you figure out all the answers and then there's all more, there's more questions. Right. So it's mm -hmm. not that we had all the answers figured out, but it's like, you get to a certain point and I called myself the not so little train that could, because I was not so little back then. I'm not now either, but, but, you know, I called myself the not so little train that could. And I just, I wanted to provide a personal testimony that, if I can do it, anyone can. And I know that some people look at me and maybe think that I'm in this wonderful place in life and have all these things figured out. And, and I can promise I'm, I'm, I'm just an average girl still trying to figure it out. But what I did know is I had to hold myself accountable to the words that I spoke when I first became an activist. And that is that we can't stop and we won't stop. And there's so much work to do out here. So I just feel like every time I leveled up, I want to level up some more. Um, around the time that you're talking, we, we got decrim back in the early 2000s believe it or not and the medical mm -hmm. cannabis program in 2006 in rhode island and we fought with the government quite literally chased yeah, the government course. around um <laughs> until 2013 to get the first dispensary open in rhode island and i helped run and manage that facility for a long time um was liaison between the community and one of the things that i noticed is that people were talking the talk but not walking the walk right and it kind of bothered me and so something that I took along myself personally was, okay, if I can help heal with this, like seeing it work, seeing it work through the dispensary, being able to work with all these patients. And every time, you know, I made a recommendation, not every time, but a lot of times I made a recommendation, it works. I would just shock or I'd make my edibles and my friend with cancer would say, hey, I was able to eat or it's just unbelievable to me still to this day. Right. So I was just so inspired by the patient base to do more and to provide more and become more um, because I said, you know, we all have shoes to fill. So it's like if I can move over here and, and, and grow, then you can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We started in a closet and now we're here. Right. So it was just kind of a, a personal, um, a personal journey, but also a very public hey, if I put it out in public, then I have to stick to my word, stick to my guns and, and make it happen. And I, the patient base at the first dispensary that I worked at really motivated me. When I left the Slater Center, I think I ran, helped run it for about four years and I left them in 2017. And I really set out on a personal journey. I was over 300 pounds. I used to be in a wheelchair. I was dragged by a drunk driver in 2004. I couldn't walk. And it was just really this long journey to recovery. And, and cannabis helped me get off 21 pharmaceutical medications, um, and I just looked at myself and I said, if I can do it, man, anybody can. And if I throw myself out there, maybe it'll help inspire, maybe it'll help motivate. And if anything else, I can hold myself accountable. Right. right, um, right. And then after I, I started, you know, going through the healthcare journey, I said, well, shoot, I see the way this industry's going. I have a lot of cannabis knowledge and, and, you know, black market knowledge. And now I have above ground knowledge, but now I need to take it a step further. And I owe it to myself and society to, to put my money where my mouth is. So I went and got my RN. And I dug in deep. And at one point I was in the top 5% scoring in the nation, then the top 1%. I realized, well, damn, maybe cannabis really, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, maybe it, they say, you know, burns your brain cells and does all these Right. I was like going to say that. Like, you know, like <laughs> people think, oh, you, you know, she's a stoner. How does she do all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I medicated before every exam, you know, I, I made it a point when I was in my pediatric rotation. Um, I made it a point to do my, my project was on pop for tops 
And, you know, I had to get permission through the school and all of those things. And kind of later I found out that my professor, she came to me on the side and asked, like, could I help educate her and her peers, which was really cool because they kind of considered me like a peer. I was tutoring other students and stuff while I was still in school. Um, but she came to me and, and, and confessed that she was an NP and she wanted to, you know, recommend it to her patients, but kind of didn't know where to start or didn't feel like she had a, a stage. And I was like, well, use me then walk on my back if you gotta. So we yeah. really, you know, found a way to work together. And it's those relationships that continued to light a fire, those patients that came to me, people like you saying what you say, like, I don't take these things with a grain of salt. I never have Lou, you know, back in the day when I was like, when, when, when Lou got arrested, I was like, all right, well, we're going to make a program and we're going to make it. So you're going to have a dispensary someday, my boy. And he's like, <laughs> Melissa, I give up. And I'm like, no, we don't, we don't ever give up. Right. So uh, trust me, I have people like you guys, I see everybody out here doing what they did. And that's just like, you know, I have to toe the line. And that's just what ha- we all have to do the work. And we can't mm-hmm. sit back and, you know, take advantage. I, I've never, I, I think on your last show that I was on, I've talked about, I would, would not apply for a licensure in America um, because people like Lou hadn't gotten one yet. Right. And I'm like, where, where do I come in? Right. There you this go. disenfranchised population. We talk about creating equal rights and all these things. And so for me, I just feel like we have so much work to do um, on a private professional and on a federal level um, to make sure that this plant gets to do justice. Um, and we're far from done as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh no, the journey is just beginning. We're seeing that in Connecticut, you know, even though, and you, know, is, we, you know what, and you know, this is where we talk and when there's people that just are always around and everything, but man, Melissa was probably my second or third phone call after I got hemmed up. Like we're getting <laughs> right out of that first cell. And yeah. You thought it was over. Friendships and I was like, this is, where <laughs> this, this is how we fight friendships that continue to grow. And that's where people say, you know, when you find good people, just always remember to treat them well. That's all. Yeah, man. Well, that's why when I heard you say you're retiring in Puerto Rico, so I better have a room built out there, my friend. <laughs> I know. Got you ready. I got I'm one for you here. now, whenever you're ready. Hey. That's right. Threaten me with a good time. <laughs> um, no, but so we talk about the growth, right? Let's, let's, let's give like a little market overview, right? Like of where we are in America right now. Like this cannabis is approved, I think, for like 72 conditions, right? It's exponentially increased in America in the last like, what, 10 years or so? We're at like 30. Mm-hmm states and dc allows medical cannabis there's like close to 250 million people that that have cards now um so that's pretty crazy right our biggest demographic is still 56 to 74 right people those people are really finding yep go back to what worked for them back in the old school we got got like five minutes i got a super quick question because you did mention that cannabis is approved for almost 70 something conditions are there any other medications that are approved for like that many is that a lot for one medication or one compound to be approved for or is that kind of like run norm with some of the other big boys i mean i would say aspirin something like ibuprofen might be prescribed for a whole variety of things but but you know when we talk about yes it can work for pain and inflammation and all these things but does it provide the therapeutic um, you know, cannabis can't damage your liver and things like this, that some of these pharmaceuticals can or your stomach. So the certain, so do I think that there's another medicine purse? I don't know. I can't, don't quote me on it, but I would venture to guess no. Um, and people no. wonder like, well, how can it just work for everything? Or you just want to get high or your patient, you just want an excuse for your patients. And I'm like, no, I meet my patients where they're at and I have to listen to them and what works. And if they told me Percocet worked, 
I believed them. So I still have a hard time sometimes, you know, getting through to people that like to speak this little gummy can really, and I'm like, just trust the process. Right. Um, and, and so, no, do, have I found an herb out there that, that, that works with so many conditions? Heck no, because if I did, I'd be rallying behind that too. Trust me. Right. Right. The only one I could think of is maybe aspirin or like you say, ibuprofen, but that is available over the counter. So why shouldn't right. we? Right. And it's rather affordable, right? You can just walk <laughs> in and grab, you don't need a card and, and people can afford it. So people can't afford cannabis right now, right? People can't afford their medicine. So we have to start to kind yeah. of look at the, 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 the billions. What is it set between t- 2020 and 2025? I think this market is set to generate $75.8 billion. It's like uh, the fifth largest market in, in the country. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the whole world's not falling apart because of cannabis. It's falling apart because of a whole bunch of other things. But it's, so when we look at these numbers, right, they're staggering. And I think that increasingly Americans are focusing on you know, health and wellness. Um, mm-hmm. There's a growing interest on just what's better for me. Like, were we, are we doing this right? And the mindset's continuing to change. Um, and I think we just need to, to mash up with that 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 customer mentality and not let patients get left behind. So many people kind of get this mentality. Oh, it's legal now. So we forget about this patient market. And it's so important that we remember right. these patients, meet them where they're at. And that's what I'm doing with the company that I work with now is just trying to establish this network of dispensaries. We have dispensaries in three states now. We're implementing a workers' compensation program. Medical cannabis is approved now in seven states for workers' comp. So rather than having to get thrown on the opioids or something like this. Yeah, we're working to get claims filed so that if they need to buy cannabis through a dispensary, that there's a there's a program for that. Um, and advocating long-term for health plan coverage, for, you know, third party, for benefits, um, for co-pays and things like that. So that the patients that this, this program, this $75 billion industry was built on, don't get lost in the sauce. Right, right, right. Right now, the only thing we got to do is just keep big pharma out of the mix and we'll be yeah. all right. All right, so... Uh, Melissa, if anybody wants to check you out on anything, is there a Facebook page or point them in the direction of your businesses or would it, is there a way for people to contact you? Because we've got two minutes and we want to make sure to give you that opportunity. Yeah, you can always email me at my personal email, Melissa Bouchard, B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D-R-I at gmail.com or mbouchard at benibus.com. Um, my Facebook page is open and at, you can always message me there privately. Um, or add me. Um, I'm not going to give my phone number out, but of course you both know if anybody needs me privately that you trust, you know, reach out. Um, we're only as, as strong as our weakest link, right? So I, I firmly believe in, in sharing the love. So um, Appreciate that's you how they can reach much. me. Um, I don't really want to plug any business or anything like that right now. Nope, that's yeah. too much work to do, but yep, they can yep. reach out to me anytime. And I'm encouraging networks, dispensary folks that want to get involved in our network. We want to build our network like in Connecticut and other places. Um, People that become members of Benibus Health, $120 annual membership, but they get 15% off their medicine. Um, There's a lot of, they're not paying taxes. So just for instance, in New Jersey right now, um, medical cannabis patients, if they were paying in the adult use market, like $486 um, without the taxes, like a a patient might pay like 456 for an ounce, but if they're a Benibus health member, they're paying 387. So we're talking about thousands of dollars of savings right now that patients can access, streamline access um, as more dispensaries become involved in this. So I think that's one of the main things that I'd like to work on right now. And how do they find out about that? They can email me at mbouchard at benibus.com. 
um, reach out to either of you and get a hold of me. Um, I can put you in touch with our CEO or marketing. And we work right alongside one of the members of my good friends on the education committee is actually the former U.S. Surgeon General. So we're not playing around like he's you know what I mean? He's 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 got some good connections up in D.C. and he's brilliant and he's humble um, and, and, and really putting patients first. That's, that's the main thing. So anybody that wants to get involved, everybody wants to make sure that it's patients before profits and that everybody can win. Um, I think this is a good way that we can come together. Nice. No, no, I agree. Um, and what's, and what states, um, are now participating is Connecticut, any new England states participating with it? Not yet, but Lou, I'm, I'm, I'm going to count on you pretty soon. Got you. There um, <laughs> but no, right now we're in New Jersey. Um, we are in uh, New Mexico, uh, working with some Native American folks out there, and we are in D.C. currently. Um, and we're also partnering with Canicare Docs. Um, so okay. normally, like in New Jersey, if um, a card costs someone $175, if they're a member of Benevis Health, it's $115. So from start to finish, full circle, we're really trying to make sure that patients are taken care of through our partnerships and through our programming. That's that's Perfect. very Excellent. Excellent, Melissa. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show, sharing your journey with us and and doing what you're doing down in Jamaica. I think that is the coolest thing. Um, you know, that's making dreams come true, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's what it's all about. It's like taking a vision, doing it and not being afraid to do it. Now, who would have thought, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, when we first met that you would be in Jamaica, I would be in Puerto Rico today. (laughs) And Lou Lou has a license in Connecticut, right? (laughs) When we were all going to those little Rhode Island events. Yeah. (laughs) It's important to have good friends. That's the main thing is it's, you know, keep your circle, you know, keep your circle tight and and a small group of of people can really move mountains if their heart's in the right place. I'm I'm a friend for that. Yeah, we did get an extra minute from my producer. So real quick, um, you said you're coming up in May, right, to, mm-hmm. to uh, the Northeast. Will you be attending uh, NECAN in Connecticut? Most likely. Lou, you Good. going? I will yeah. be going. I'm actually working on it, trying to All help right. promote it and get people in the door and help them put awesome. together yep, the speakers. We well, let me we know will. how I can help if anybody wants me to come and speak or, or be part of it or check tickets or sweep floors. I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for it. All right. Well, we can always find a spot for you. As long as you bring some of that Yardie. (laughs) Or at least some genetics. I'll see what I can do. And we'll trade. I'll bring you some PR stuff. Yeah, man. I look forward to it. And I look forward to getting back together with you guys and see how we can take this energy to the next level in our, in our home turf, you know, before we get to retirement age. That's it. Well, I'm already there. Lots of work to do. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh, melissa thank you i'm getting the sign off sign thank uh, you, you gentlemen i respect and appreciate you all so much for what you're doing I so keep up the great all work right. love you all much right. man love you back all, all right. right so Bye-bye. you can reach me at joe the weed guy on facebook and instagram or green haven media Follow us on Facebook, Cannabis Corner Radio. Uncle Lou you can reach, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook all the too. Awesome places. You guys have a great day and stay happy. All right. Thank you, everyone. We will see you next week. I was going to get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah. Because I got high, because I got high. I was gonna go to class.
semester, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. I was gonna go to court before I got high. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Because I got high, because I got high.